Hey, thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. How you doing? Hopefully you're feeling fine. My name's Robert Kerr, host of this very fine program. Special bonus second episode of the week. If you haven't heard it already, please check out earlier this week we posted with a review of Detroit City FC's opening game against Indy 11, a 1-0 defeat. We chat with Chris Rosen, who was there in uh, the same kind of capacity as I was on Saturday, and it was a, a windy, streaky, uh, losing affair in the end, but go check that out, and one of our 100-plus episodes on the uh, podcast feed. But we have a special episode as the National Independent Soccer Association kicks off this weekend. And we've got two of the three finest experts in the subject. The Knights Who Say Nisa podcast are my special guests as the season begins this weekend. Next up here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, we're going to shift gears a little bit and uh, look ahead to the start of the National Independent Soccer Association season, or NISA for short. It is kicking off this weekend, and here in Michigan, we have two of the nine teams in the league are based right here in the Metro Detroit area. And so to get a bit of a closer look at our local teams in this league, I'm lucky to be joined by two of the nation's leading enthusiasts in NISA and all things about the league, two-thirds of the Knights Who Say NISA podcast, Mr. Dan Creel and John Howard Fusco. Thank you for joining me on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. I, I have to actually ask a question. The name of the podcast is the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, correct? Is, is is there a central Michigan? Because we've talked to John Howard Fusco about this and people the, the people in power in New Jersey are trying to create a central Jersey, New Jersey, and there's no central Jersey, right? Is there a central Michigan? Yes, there is. There's okay. a central Michigan University and Lansing is just about central or maybe just north of Lansing is the middle of okay, it. Okay, cool. Just, just, just one. Well, just wanted to I mean, size-wise, Michigan is big enough to have a central. My but point's always been that, that New Jersey is not big enough to have a central. But you it's have even, like a, you have like a billion people packed into. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is true. But dozen counties. Know, so. Pick 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 a side. You the north or south? <laughs> <laughs> I think last time uh, we had you guys on the program, we had uh, a bit of a conversation about uh, how there's no teams with East in them because we were joking about uh, you were from East Ham, I think. Oh yeah, my so that that's where my that's where my mother's. That's where my mother grew up in East Ham. She actually grew up in West Ham. She went to East Ham Girls School, something like that. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of West teams, but not not a ton of East teams. No East teams, uh, which is a uh, bizarre. No, no one wants to claim that. There's no. Uh, maybe we should. There's so many soccer teams in Michigan now. We, maybe we should have an East Michigan United. Yeah, there you go. We could we could change it to uh, John. We could change it from Ocean City Nor'easters to the East Jersey Nor'easters. Oh, no, 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 sorry, no, that's that, not that going bad. Funny <laughs> soccer connection. One of the uh, core members of Michigan Soccer Central actually uh, was the media guy for the Nor'easters for many years. Wow, 
Spain is a small, it's a super small world. It is a super small world, yes. (laughs) So here in uh, Metro Detroit, like I said, two of the nine teams in NISA, Michigan Stars, the 2022 league champions return and play up north of the city in Romeo High School. And they also have a complex in Washington Township. And in newcomers, Gold Star FC Detroit uh, playing in Livonia and kind of came out of nowhere, were announced uh, within the, the the season, I think, last year and uh, surprised a lot of people, and they've signed a lot of players. Um, gentlemen, I think before we get into the team specifically, um, what year of the league is – what year for the league is it, and what year uh, is it for you guys doing uh, your podcast? Well, I know that the league had its showcase – Kind of like their soft opening in 2019, if I remember right. So, so the, the league has now been around for what four years? I guess you'd have to say. I mean, it's it's hard to keep track of the seasons because they've been switching on and off. They were doing the fall and spring. Now they're doing spring to fall. So it's kind of hard to keep at. But they started in 2019. <laughs> uh, as far as our show, we've been doing it now. Um, at least, well, we we started in 2020. Uh, of course, we started it. Dan, oh, Dan Vaughn and I started it. Uh, we got about two shows in, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, we've we've so the have, story of the league, though, right? Yeah, I mean, that really was was it. We were, you know, with the new season in 2020, we started following it. Uh, it was uh, I always joke about our early beginnings because uh, I literally would call Dan from a parking lot. <laughs> in the library near where I worked on my little flippy phone and call in and we would talk. It was, it was really like almost, it was just a step above like chewing gum and, and string and, and two, <laughs> you know, and two, two cups on the end. It was, <laughs> but yeah, so that's really when we started. And then probably about maybe not quite a year. And I think, I think, uh, you know, Dan Creel joined us because uh, he was posting a lot on social media about Nisa and, I said, Dan, I said, Hey, we should have him on. Cause he seems interested. So, but, yeah, uh, but, but Vaughn and Creel had a, a relationship with protagonists before the podcast. So it was a natural. So Dan, I'll go to you. Uh, thank you for the answer, John, Dan. Uh, what's how, what's your vibes going into the 2023 Nisa season? Oof, vibes. This, this off season was, was not quite as stable as I think everybody hoped for Nisa you know, um, they had teams leave uh, California. United Strikers basically said, yeah, we almost won the league, but we're, we're getting out of here. Um, you had the Flower City uh, Syracuse Pulse situation where they need to merge. Um, there's a weird situation where there's like a, a thousand oaks out in California and and they taken over by Calabasas FC, which is a kind of a, a shadow club. Hard to figure out who they are. And they were supposed to start this year, but they're not. Um, um, so, and, and Maryland Bobcats and, and, and the unions, Flower City Union, the, the federation kind of woke up, I guess, and decided, Hey, we're going to start paying attention to what's going on. And there's that kind of audit process that I think is supposed to happen more often than it has. Um, but both of those teams made it through. Um, so it's a little bit of a kind of a <clears throat> last, last off season felt a little bit more stable and, and you, you got more. I think the the league off front office was more active with getting information out there where this season it was, there was a long, 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 long delay. 
Um, so, but I think, you know, it's Nisa, it's, it's, it's division three, but it's not as like, it doesn't have this, it's under-resourced compared to USL league one. You know, we only have three divisions. You can't, we don't have a pro division below three. So kind of, this is the, this is the level. I think, um, CFC, you know, um, is coming back strong. They've kind of improved their roster is even deeper than it was last season. Um, they've taken a bunch of players from from the strikers, <laughs> like at least five from the strikers and other places. <laughs> this is a very deep. This is a, this is a very deep roster for Nisa. It's a deep roster. If if this was a USL League One team, they really for, for I think CFC is win the league or bust. If they don't win this league this year, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a loss for them. So they're looking to win the league. Uh, um, we'll talk more about the two, two Michigan teams. Um, Albion, um, had a great season last year, uh, runner up. They weren't going to join, but they needed to join and something happened. So they're back, but they lost their coach and a bunch of their roster, but they sit on top of a huge youth program and they have a lot of money. They're well-resourced. So, you know, I don't know. We don't have a lot of information about their roster, but I think they'll probably retool and, and come back pretty strong. Uh, City Union, this, this is Salt City. So, Flower City Union, <laughs> Syracuse. Pulse. I know there's a lot going on in the East because I forgot about this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Ex- explain this. Um, one. <laughs> you know, Flower City Union is in Rochester, an expansion team last year. Syracuse Pulse is in Syracuse, an expansion team last year. Both kind of had financial issues last year. Syracuse Pulse more than Flower City Union. So in the offseason, they decided to merge. So basically, I think just, you know, uh, front offices and investors basically merged. And instead of just, uh, I think one of the investors who was interested in Syracuse Pulse didn't want to lose kind of games there. And so they rebranded. And now when they play in Around Syracuse, they're called Salt City Union. And when they play in Rochester, it's Flower City Union. There's only like, what, John, three games, four games? They're going to play four games yeah. in, and it's not even in Syracuse proper. It's it's a it's a town a little ways out called Auburn. It's going to be playing in a, in a, in a minor league baseball field. If Auburn is to Syracuse what Batavia was to yeah. Rochester. It's like, it's close, but it's not that close. Yeah. So from that explainer, gentlemen, I really hope you guys timestamp your episodes really well so that, um, you know, when we try to study the, the amoeba nature of this league, what it was at what given time or another, we'll know uh, when that comes from. Because <laughs> from the ideation of the league at the beginning, when Peter Wilt was traveling the country, you know, uh, selling the idea from town to town uh, to where we are now, it's been quite a journey. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, uh, the one thing about Nisa is that they're 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 never it's never dull. Uh, sometimes I wish it would be a little more dull in terms of the management yeah. of the league. I, I would take some dullness right about now, <laughs> just some dullness, some stability. Just want to focus on the clubs and the and and the games, and less on how the league is running and what club is is going and which one's coming in. And uh, there seems to be a lot more of that going on. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think for me this year, the, the the club that I'm really, really just, I still don't have a really good feel for what's going to happen with them is Club de Leon. Uh, 
they've already since since they announced they were joining, they've already changed venues. Uh, they still really haven't introduced. They said they're going to have a new website. Really haven't seen that yet. Uh, in terms of being able to buy tickets, not really seeing that yet. So it's it it's just there's a lot of unknowns with it, and that 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 makes me nervous. So this chapter of our conversation, I asked, uh, "What are the vibes?" It sounds like exhausted is is the vibes. <laughs> <sighs> are you still getting joy from this, gentlemen? You know what? I, I mean, I do. I mean, because yeah. I, I think I think all three of us really want to see the league survive and eventually thrive. Um, right now, we just see that there's it's it's just not there yet. And we keep waiting for some sense of a little more stability. We still haven't seen it yet. I mean, I understand that when you're starting a professional lower league soccer, professional lower league soccer league um, in this country, you already have two strikes against you. Plus the fact that you're not going to have expansion fees. So these are clubs that are probably not as well capitalized as say clubs that are joining league one. So financial issues are going to be kind of be part of the, being you know, kind of baked in the cake, so to speak. And it's going to be messy. It, you know, that, that kind of with a new league is always coming in essence of messiness, but there's some things that have happened in the last few years where it's just like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. So hopefully uh, 2023 is a, a season anew and you guys can enjoy the, the footy. So, uh, looking at the team specifically, let's start with uh, the reigning champions, the the Michigan Stars. Uh, what what can you tell about? What can you tell the listeners about them? I think everybody underestimated. Everybody who follows Nisa underestimated the Stars last year for for a lot of different reasons. They didn't have a great twenty twenty one. They they were pretty. They struggled in in twenty twenty one. To be honest, they kind of were adrift. They they got everything together in 2022, um, and des- they won the championship deservedly. So it wasn't a fluke. Um, they put together a roster. the The ownership, which is the Young Kai family, has money, which is super important at this level. And the I will say the coaching staff is very smart. This is not kind of a, a team that go- just throws players out there and just do your thing, right? This is this is a coaching staff that has their team prepares and looks at film on other players and and figures out tactics on a game by game basis and then has an idea for a whole season. Um, so uh, yes, this is, you know, um, kind of all the other kind of bits and pieces aside when it comes to personalities around this club and, and kind of the new complex you talked about, which is, you know, just a field in the middle of where all that kind of stuff, which is, which is valid stuff <laughs> on the, on the, on the field competitively and on the field, um this is a this is a well-run team when it comes to playing soccer and well-coached team and and all those bits and pieces they it's division three so they have a bunch of turnover um but it looks like um you know at least at least a handful of of players are back from last season including uh mccaruva you know one of the top goalkeepers at this level um, this uh, Russian American Ikov Shmelov, who's a center back who they picked up last year, just really good, bit like a huge guy. Uh, Jacob Campbell, who's a defender, young, but they're like those those guys are like twenty three years old. Leon Marich, um, who's a goal scorer. Um, he, those are all those are all back. Um, and you know it's Division three, so you bring in about 
10 new 10 10 15 new folks including kind of a big signing in the offseason was I talked about Cal United strikers basically well they did they folded their their professional team and that was a super talented team and we've seen a lot of that talent go to other places kind of a big pickup that that Michigan is very excited about and rightly so as they picked up Garrett Hogbin who's a center back mm-hmm. from Cal United strikers and he is a classic center back he's big physical presence you know, great at shutting down attack, you know, uh, great at stopping, you know, dead balls, you know, corner kicks and things like that. Um, he's he's worn the captain's armband for Cal United. Really, a, a um, Michigan Stars, is it's, it's a great pickup for them. Hogbin is somebody who could have gone to USL easily. Um, and kind of that's that's where Michigan Stars start. They start kind of that, that core defense and they work out, they work out from the, the keeper up. So, um yeah they've they've continued to pick up some um you know as as the names have come out some some look like pretty good players um so it'd be interesting to see what this team's going to be like but they're they're going to be in the mix for for the title again this year i i would assume yeah so do they appear the stars appear to be taking it as they're as engaged with their their um player acquisitions as they were before uh the owner purchased a a team overseas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it it seems like it seems like they're still pretty well engaged. Uh they're they're a little slower to announce players than maybe other clubs are on social media, but they've been pretty steady lately with announcing players. So they they seem pretty well engaged. Uh I mean, the thing about them, the thing that we learned from them last year is that as a club, they're they're very well organized. They're very much committed to defense. Um they're they're missing part has always been that they're not on offense they don't produce a lot they produce enough but not a lot so i'm curious to see if they're going to produce more on the offensive side if they're maybe trying to gear more to that because once if they can if they start scoring a little more little more goals than they have been then they're going to be really really tough to beat because last year uh this the stats borne out when they scored first you basically couldn't beat them that that was it. If you if they got ahead of you, that was that was basically it. They able to shut you down. You could not get back into them. But if they gave up the first goal, they had difficulties in coming back in games. So um, if they can improve on the offense, then that that makes them all the more dangerous. Yeah, it seemed like last year it was either win one zero or tie zero zero was <laughs> yeah. uh, the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 right. They. They make you beat them, yep. and, and they they have they have put in their work, and they know kind of the the opponent they're they're who they're facing, and especially at the beginning of the season because it's it's it, this is this is the America, so we have playoffs. So as long as you get to the playoffs, right, you you have a chance, and that's that's kind of that's kind of what they did. They they kind of started off and and and. Um, just kind of doing what you talked about, zero, zero, one, zero here, there, and just kind of built momentum and, and figured things out and, and, and locked in their roster and, and what they wanted to do. And then they kind of stifled CFC and, um, and Albion in Albion in the final and CFC in the in semis, both of those teams, they've just kind of, they frustrated both those teams. And, and let me tell you, I follow the Bobcats. So I get to see Michigan play multiple times a year. And by the end of the season, I was like, I, I hope we don't 
the Bobcats. To, honestly, because they are a frustrating team to play against. And if 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 I was a Stars fan, I'd be 100% happy with that. But as an opponent, it's a, you know, good on them, but it's just a frustrating system to play against, right? And and you, you could see that if, if you watch the season, that they get under the other team's skin, especially CFC. That's one thing that Chattanooga needs to do as a team is to not lose their cool. And that's a huge reason why they didn't do well in, in the final and then had trouble against Michigan during the season. Um, they'd let, they'd let Michigan get under their skin. And and if you do that, you know, Michigan has kind of got you like they got it. They've got a leg up on you. Yeah. I forgot about that huge uh, blowout of a game they had a couple of years back that, led to the whole refusal to go on that trip to California and all that. Right. You didn't get the apology. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered that. See, that's why you guys are documenting this league. There's so many yeah. stories that it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. And then that other thing happened. And then that other thing happened. Yeah. So um, take a quick uh, breather. That was a lot to consume, but uh, we'll, we'll look now at the second team uh, that's based here, Metro Detroit. That's uh, an expansion team in NISA. It's Gold Star uh, Detroit or Gold Star FC Detroit. Uh, General, what, what can you tell us about uh, how you saw their announcement and how they're going into their first season from your perspective? Well, I definitely thought when they first announced it, for all of us, it seemed just like a very big unknown. Mm. Um, the the it seemed like the officials, people running the club have a have a hockey background uh but they also have a detroit background but we just didn't have a good feel for what they were doing uh we just had to see w- what kind of steps they're taking now to their credit they seem like they're all taking the right steps they're trying to connect with the community uh they're staying active on social media they've been signing players and announcing them uh they've had the stadium relationship that they formed with um uh madonna college um uh, which they got I, I still get a kick of the fact that they had to get formal approval from the Vatican uh, for the stadium there, which I thought was great. They had to go to the very top to get the stadium thing done. Now it's not going to be open until June looks like. So they're going to start out with a bunch of road games. Um, and they, they talked a lot about like, you know, trying to bring in like the, the best talented, you know, young players they could find for at least for this season. What we've seen is so far, it seems like they pulled a lot of talent. That's local. It's a lot of, uh, Michigan based players. Um, so in some ways I had to feel a little bit like what flower city was doing in its first year, which was not a great result. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, but, um, but they seem to, but they seem to be, have some kind of identity. They set up this whole gauntlet thing where people can challenge them to come in and, and play them, you know, and win $10,000. So, you know, that they're trying to create something, which is, which is fine with um, as far as I'm concerned. If you want to try to create, interest, excitement, connect with the community. That's all, that's all great. So as far as product on the field, obviously we have no nothing until we actually see them some actually take the field. Yeah. They don't start off on an easy uh, assignment because this weekend they start off with one of the top teams, Chattanooga week one. Uh, Dan, what, what might uh, gold star find out this weekend? So yeah, they get thrown right in, right? So they start with CFC and then they have their um, second round U.S. Open Cup match, which is Detroit City mm-hmm. FC. And we had Alex Lubianski, who's the 
general manager, head coach. And he was like, bring it on. We, before this, before the U.S. Open Cup was even announced, he was like, yeah, we want to we want to play Detroit City in the U.S. Open Cup because we think we can beat them. You know, you know, good, you know, hold your horses. Right. Obviously. But, you know, <clears throat> they they want to take this on. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's too. That's not an easy two games to start with for an expansion team at this level. Uh, I just talked about CFC. They, you know, they're in their, they're in, you know, they've been around forever, you know, relatively forever at, at this, this level. They've been in Nisa for the past few years. They, they're well, they have well-funded CFC is uh, Rod Underwood has coached them last year and, and you know, top-notch coach and they bring back a core group and they've just, they're deep. They bring it back, you know, even more off the bench. So um, I think CFC is going to do what, they did last year, you know, um, you know, up tempo possession, you know, coming right at you and try to score goals on you. And they did last year. CSC scored early, often, all the time, except against Michigan, right? Um, um, but that was like the immovable. What is it? The uh, immovable object for the unstoppable force, whatever. Um, so, I think for like John said, I, I have no idea what kind of. Uh, style and structure formation we're going to see out of Gold Star. Um, they have, by my camp, they have 31 players announced under contract, which is a lot. That's it's a lot, and it's a, it's a it's a lot for for this level. But I think they're trying. To, you know, they're just bringing a bunch of people in. They're going to try to figure it out at the beginning of the season. Um, I think players to look. At, well, we'll start in the back. They they have signed four keepers um which is a ton i think the two big names for me alec reddington who played at chattanooga fc and has been he's a starter he's a starter at division three he's just been in situations where he's been battling he's only 23 which is incredible um he's a really good caper Alec reddington the other one is brandon barnes 28 years old he played a little bit for chicago house ac in 2021 when they were in nisa but he's got a background. I think he, I can't remember where he played, but he, he I think he's played at the USL. Um, they have a young keeper called Dylan Ramos, 20 years old, who's on the Virgin Islands um, national team. So <clears throat> they've got an okay keeper situation. Um, they, they've got, like John was saying, they have a mix of young, uh, new professionals from the Detroit area. Lots of players who've played for like Inter Detroit. They have somebody from Oakland County um fc um uh some players from chicago who played in chicago house in in nisa and the guy with a great mustache the guy with a great mustache brandon uh, what is this brandon riddle that's one thing we can say they're much that very strong between the him mustache and is strong yes it's true. very strong <laughs> i think up front roddy green right played with chattanooga last year he's uh was known for his time at detroit city fc he didn't see the field a lot in chattanooga for whatever reason i just think he just didn't they didn't have a space for him. I think he's looking to make an impact. So I think look for him. They picked up um, just announced Junior Rosero, who's a center forward. Um, he last played with Oyster Bay United last year. He's the top goal scorer in UPSL. I've heard people are pretty high on him. I mean, I can, there's a lot of names on here, but it's hard to know what what you're going to see in that in that first match from 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 uh, Gold Star. Yeah, what a challenge! Uh, one of the the top teams in the league that you're new to, and then the, uh, you know, the top team in the state, where uh, and they'll take on Detroit City FC, which 
uh, will be a unique event. I think uh, just about every soccer person I know is uh, intrigued to see uh, what goes on there. I believe that's April 4th. Yeah, that's coming up in coming up. Uh, I guess next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're going going into Hamtramck to play the game. So I mean, they're not only getting Detroit City, they're getting they're getting them with both fists. I mean, they're going to get the, they're going to get the crowd. You know, the crowd's going to be into it. Uh, so they're going to get the full effect. So I'm really interested to see how they how they handle that. Some speculation that I've heard is uh, the Northern Guard is going to take full advantage of it not being a USL event. Oh, and uh, going okay. all out with the the, the smoke. <laughs> just really, they have to, all this pent up, right? In USL, pent up, they have to be they have to be nice because of all the USL rules. And that, yeah, you're they're probably just gonna explode. Yeah, there's plenty of f bombs there, but way less smoke than there ever was. And uh, there's no big television contract for the Open Cup game or anything that has to be right. Uh, right. protected. But. Uh, um, going into week one of the 2023 NISA season, is there any uh, specific predictions or just anything that you want to see um, from these Michigan teams? Uh, what, what would you want to see from – okay, let's take it one at a time. So, John, what, what were the two things that you want to see, one from the Stars and one from the Gold Stars? Um, from, from Michigan Stars, I'm really interested to see how they look on offense. Because uh, that's the one thing that they've always lacked since they've been in the league. They've always been defense, defense-minded first. I'd like to see something on the offense where you say, "Okay, this is this is not your father's Michigan Stars. This is they've 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 moved along and they're trying to you know create scoring opportunities, not just playing for one goal." I'd like to see if that. And from and from goal star Detroit, I really just like to see you know who ends up being the starting eleven and mm-hmm. and what style of play do they have. Uh, are they going to try to play you know, tractor style soccer? Is going to be a lot of movement and passing? Is it going to be more defense oriented, at least to start, uh, since they are a newer team? We just just we just don't have a good feel for them yet. So I, I it's going to be a learning process just to see what they do. And then Dan, what were what are two things? Uh, one from each of the Michigan based teams. Uh, would you want to see uh, as a as an uh, an enthusiast of the league that they are uh, the champion in? And uh, um, and a newcomer. What, what what do you want to see from these guys? So from from a kind of NISA like Division three standpoint, um, the primary investor for Gold Star FC is Dan Milstein, Milstein Milstein, who's the big NHL agent. We have seen so many times teams in this league kind of be backed by people have a lot of money, but they decide not to spend the money, right? Which you know it's it's what. You know, it's great that you have the money, but you have to spend it to keep these teams going. I want to see this Gold Star team. I want to see them be funded and resourced, like not just kind of halfway through the season, peter out and and they're just throwing nothing on the field, right? Um, Just paper thin, like front office and organization. It's super important at this level to, if you've got the money, you have to spend the money. You're going to lose money. You got to spend it. Um, so for me, that's the one thing for Gold Star is, is this, are, are the backers willing to spend money on this venture, right? And try to make a go of it. What do you think that is where the owners uh, in this league, they, they they put the money up at the start, but then once the actual like machine of a team in a season gets underway, they all of a sudden are like, uh, they back out. What, so, what is that about this? Uh, the, I don't this know. Moment? It- yeah, I mean, I think 
uh, and, and I've talked about this on the podcast too, and, and I know people may not want to hear this, but in a league like League One where you have to pay an expansion fee and it's a closed shop, being able to pay an expansion fee is kind of, in a way, it's kind of a vetting process. It shows that you have capital. Um, with with the, the owners that come in with NISA, they may not have as much capital. Uh, now, things are starting to change because you know we've started to notice now uh, with Gold Star Detroit, with Savannah Clovers, and even I think even with Club de Leon, yeah, there's 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 financial backing that's coming from outside the U.S. There's there's foreign investment coming in, maybe seeing as a way to kind of get into the professional leagues in the U.S. without having to pay an expansion fee, playing the USL and MLS game. So we'll have to see if that continues to be a trend. Um, but a lot of these clubs are just they're just learning to you know what you need to do to, to, to generate revenue. I mean, it's not enough just to, to pay players and put them on the field. You got to generate revenue somehow. Um, there's no TV money, uh, not selling a lot with merch. So it's got to be getting butts in seats. And we're seeing a wide disparity in terms of how clubs are doing that. CFC obviously is, is really good at it because they draw three, four, sometimes 5,000 a game. And then you have clubs like LA force, which have games where, you know, they just have guests come. Uh, <laughs> so it, you have this really dis- large disparity and ultimately it should be about getting fans into the games, paying money, developing some sort of, of revenue stream. And Nisa is a place, I guess, to try to learn that, learn how to do that. So as a, as a, as a person who researches soccer history in the U S this is, this is, this is nothing new. This, this situation, <laughs> this Nisa right now reminds me of the kind of 1970s, uh, early 1980s American Soccer League. It, similar situation. Teams would come in. Owners would come in and say, well, this is great. I'm going to run a team. And then they would either run out of money or, or stop paying their, their team halfway through the season or, or after a year and a half. And part of it is just the people, <laughs> the people who back these teams have have pie in the sky kind of ideas about what's going to happen. And I think you have to have that to want to do this, right? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think they underestimate how much money it takes and what it's really going to feel like when they have to spend all this money on a team. Um, so it's, it's, it's honestly nothing new. We haven't had this kind of situation for a while, simply because we've been in a real, you know, franchise kind of focus situation for, I don't know, 15 years or 20 years or something like that. So it's kind of the, the, the kind of the, the guardrails that we have in MLS and USL NWSL aren't here in, in, in NISA. So you, it's, it's, you can have these situations where somebody says, I'm going to, I'm going to run this club and I got a bunch of money. And then they turns out they are either, they don't have that much money or they're unwilling to spend it when it push comes to shove. So I got I got a morbid, uh, spontaneous game for you guys. You guys have to answer as fast as possible. How many teams fold the season? <laughs> <laughs> I would put the over under at one and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I I'm concerned about Club de Leon. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't not be based on history and based on what we're seeing, kind of at the beginning of this, a little bit concerned about fire city union we'll see um but yeah club de leon right now is i don't know it's it's just, it's just they're being super quiet and and they're new and we don't know what's going on i, I think gold star yeah, yeah. 
I think Gold Star is fine. It, it feels like they they're going to make it through the season. They're not just going to close up shop. But yeah, I think John's right. I think the overrunners one and a one and a half. <laughs> 1.5 okay all right i will have to take that down for uh archiving um i'll come back and circle back around with you guys out of curiosity which uh teams do you guys personally support i was supporting cal united strikers which is kind of an odd thing for a guy in jersey supporting cal united strikers but but now that they're no longer in existence uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like Chad is trying to recruit me because they keep yeah. <laughs> they keep signing Cal United players. So I think they're up to five. So I think they're they're trying to recruit me. But I'm still I, at this point. I'm 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 going to stay neutral. I'm, I don't have a team that I'm personally s- supporting. Dan, yeah, I'm I'm a Maryland Bobcats fan. They're they're right here. They're they're in they're in my almost in my backyard. I can I can see the. I almost see the the where they play for my house. Um, so yeah, no way. So it's truly your local. It is my local team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's here. It's it's my local team. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super super happy. I get to that's my local team, and I get I get to root for them. Just quickly for for your listeners, we haven't talked a lot about this team. Savannah Clovers, they they're coming up from UPSL. It's I think it's good that we didn't talk a lot about them. Because I think they they have been around at the, uh, at the amateur level, and I think that is going to pay dividends. Um, they're backed by somebody in Portugal. Is that right, John? They have That's the right. Portu- yep, the Portuguese backer. Yep. So I, I don't know how how well they're going to do this season. They're super young. They might be fun to watch. I think they're just going to struggle because because of how young and young and inexperienced they are. But I, if there's a if there's a new organization in this league that that you, fingers crossed there's gonna kind of continue and kind of not kind of fold, I, I think folks should be looking at Savannah Clovers. Well, that's a good note to end on because uh, that is actually the Michigan Stars uh, opening weekend uh, matchup is away <laughs> against those very same Savannah Clovers. So. Uh, John and Dan, can you tell these folks uh, where they might be able to find your uh, NISA-related podcast? Just go to Protagonist Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find not only our show, Knights of St. NISA, but a lot of great podcasts covering lower league men and women as well, uh, really developing a nice group of podcasts covering different leagues. Uh, Dan Creel can talk about one of the other podcasts he's doing, which has another Awesome name for the podcast, Danny. You want to tell them that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So we just started, and, and personally myself, um, covering USL League One. So protagonist just launched this season, this off season, one league under the sea, which focuses on the other division. Well, <laughs> one of the other Division Three pro leagues <laughs> in the country, USL League One. So if, if folks are interested in that league, following that league, please check that one out too. Well, very good, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you so much to Dan Creel and John Howard Fusco. Uh, uh, looking forward to a uh, uh, summer's worth of good NISA action, guys. So are we. We yes. want to see games. We yes. want to talk more games, less other stuff.
so much to Dan Creel and John Howard Fusco of the Knights Hussein Nisa podcast. Check those guys out in the Protagonist podcast feed. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Great insights in the league that's starting right now or right this weekend. Uh, lots of action ahead. Thank you to all my guests that have joined us here on the 100-plus episodes of the program. It's your perspectives that makes this show go to help shine a light on all the different levels and stories in the beautiful game here in the Great Lakes State. Thank you to you, kind listener. I appreciate you spending the time with us. And uh, thank you to Jenny Hasnaki for editing the program as always. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central Core team. Without you guys, this show does not go. Next week, lots of exciting action on the way. There is NISA games to watch. Detroit City FC hosts their second home game of the season in USL Championship. And then I'm not sure how we're going to record, but we're definitely going to be talking about next Tuesday's matchup in the Open Cup as Gold Star FC play their second ever game against Detroit City FC. Should be quite the game. So until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.